0: This is Steve-O. This is Tony. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> waiting for you to talk, you're waiting for me.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I have some thoughts. <laughs> you always have thoughts. Yeah. I'm, gonna show you, I'm gonna show you, how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios.
0: This message is for you, this message is for you,
1: this message is singular to you, it's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get, it's not hard to get, it's not hard to understand. Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Hey,
0: are you
1: happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be
0: happier. Last week we uh, were myth-busting about your life and... We kind of ended, after, after we got done, we started talking about the things that have happened. And
1: By the way, um, that was brutal for me. I, was kinda, <laughs> I shouldn't say brutal. Sure. It was kind of tough for me, but it was also, I want you to know, that was very honoring to me, what you did for me there. And I, I thanked you last week in the podcast, but I'm, I'm thanking <laughs> you again today. Thank you for pushing me towards that. Being
0: vulnerable is... is uh... I think it's, it's hard. It's just, it can be, it's hard when you're in a place where people are always putting on a pedestal. And I think then it becomes harder to be vulnerable. And actually I think that's one of the things that in a lot of friends who are pastors who are in high places that they kind of get pushed up on a pedestal and and sometimes they begin to lose that vulnerability um, in order to stay a leader. They think they need to be. That's a, that's a sad thing to me because that's, to me, that, you know, vulnerability is the ultimate myth bust well, really. <laughs> I, seriously, and, I,
1: and I'll tell you the reason why I am vulnerable, even though I don't want to be, is that um, people like being put on a pedestal. Right. I mean, it feels good, yeah. but the higher you up, the, the harder the fall is, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. and um, I just know, for me, they're not going to ever, they're not going to take you off the pedestal until you blow it in some big way and then it goes Fire right. all over the place. But um, I, I purposely step down off the pedestal. I right. try my hardest not to let me, people put me up on, on a pedestal and say, um, no, I'm that's that's why I'm so vulnerable. Right. We look at them in the Bible and we think that they're these angelic beings or something. Right. These, but heroes are just normal people who do the right thing. That's yeah. it. You know, so I think that we have got to step down off the pedestal. Otherwise, that's a natural tendency. I've been at camps where I've just been a worker, you know, and they look at me like whatever, you know, it takes a while to develop a friendship with them. But if I'm the speaker at night, oh, my, then everybody wants to be your friend. You know, and it's just it's weird how we look at like that. And it does feel good when people put you up on a pedestal. But I'm telling you that that will come back to bite you. Yeah. (laughs) And so I try to stay vulnerable in front of people, even if I'm worried about being negative, whatever, because you got to step down off that pedestal.
0: So vulnerability is important because I think vulnerability goes hand in hand with thankfulness. Because mm. if you're thankful for something, that means a need was, generally it means a need was met. Yeah. And needs often can't get met unless we're vulnerable enough to express we're in a place we need help. Right. And so I, I see all those things as kind of interconnected. So, um, And I think there's people that aren't thankful that I know. And I would look at them and say, Well, they're not vulnerable. They don't they're not willing to mm. be in a place of need, so then thankfulness never kinda comes around and, and what a
1: terrible way to live, no matter oh, how yeah. much you have. Right. If you're not thankful, then what's the point yeah. of having it?
0: Right. And that's the the payoff of being in ministry, of being poor, of living in faith. The payoff is the incredible stories and, and how God meets needs and how people listen to God and
1: then meet needs. Yeah, and I think that the, the happy meter and the thankful meter, they go hand in hand with each other. Oh, yeah. The greater sure. your thankful level, right. the greater your happy level. Yep. But you can, I don't think you can be happy and not be thankful, Right. You not be grateful. I think those two are, are linked. They are for sure.
0: You struggle sometimes with how to put out a need. I think people would think it's funny about you that you worry about sounding whiny or... too needy or because it's so not you anybody who knows you doesn't perceive you like that but you, you struggle with that inside but you're the positive guy always so one of the things we have historically struggled with here too is just vehicles because you have to have a car to get around right and so then you're driving old things that you need money to constantly be putting into them and that's a hard thing what do you do with that and And the
1: hardest part like both the vehicles i have right now were donated by happy lifers they're very dear friends to me you know but now it's to the point like the one vehicle i'm driving the front end is all jacked up and i shouldn't (laughs) be driving anymore because it could go really bad really fast in fact the last mechanic that that donated his time to work on it, said I wouldn't drive this anymore. I, I, the last couple of guys I've had to work on it say you probably should trade it in to get another one before it fall, breaks apart on you. But so I had another vehicle that was our main vehicle, also given to me by some happy lifers, by some very dear friends to me that have supported us forever and in, in several different levels. And it started sputtering. It wouldn't. It wouldn't run anymore. And I, of course, that breaks down when I'm away. You know. So, and I, I put it out online. I don't know what else to do. Pray right. for me. Help me. You know. I'm stuck here. And I've learned over the years, but obviously, haven't learned it all the way yet. But it's just important to receive as it is to give. If someone doesn't receive, someone else can't give. Right. I want to be on the giving side. I don't want to yeah. be on the receiving yeah, don't side. Don't we all? You know, mm-hmm. we all do. We all say, God, give me money so I could be a blessing. But. Yeah. What about receiving so you can be a blessing too? Right. If it's all about being a blessing, then it shouldn't you yeah. know, shouldn't really matter. Is. But uh, uh, another happy lifer saw my need from there and, and replied back immediately and said, hey, how much is it going to cost to fix it? Um, if it's not too much, I'd love to fix it for you. So I took the mechanic. He fixed it. The guy paid for it. The day it comes home, the check engine light comes on <laughs> and a whole other problem rises up. And the mechanic said, I wouldn't drive that anymore. You know, I wouldn't drive it to get it fixed. I'm like, I just, a guy just paid to get it fixed. And now I got to pay that much again right. to fix it again. I, I, I texted him back and I was like, maybe he won't be my mechanic anymore. Cause I'm not that, I'm not that close with him, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't have any other option. Right. You know, I, I have to drive the vehicle because sure. my other one is, I mean, is, is just in the same condition, you know? And they're just a few hundred away really from being roadworthy, <laughs> but it's that bad for us. I mean, a few hundred is groceries, sure. you know, it's. Especially when you've got teenage boys at home, you know. So we're a handful of $100 away probably from fixing each one of those. But still, that might as well be $10,000. If you right. don't have the money, you don't have the money. Now, people always think that, you know, most people can can cough up 100 bucks, <laughs> right. They can sneeze $200, True. you know.
0: So that needs out there. One of those cars has to be fixed. But tell us the story of how God fixed the other one.
1: This is such a cool story. So... I was feeling weird about putting it out there because I don't want people to think. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> man. I like, to, <laughs> see, I even struggle with it now, but you know, someone um, someone sent me a Facebook and said, hey, we have a car we want to give you. And it's a 2007 Toyota hybrid, gets like 40 some miles a gallon, <laughs> and it's, it's in pristine condition. And they said, we're going to give it to you. And my son said to me, he said, "Dad, how long have you been praying for a car?" You know, and I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't think we've been praying for a car." He says, "Dad, you've been telling me you've been praying, but lately I've been in kind of this man. I'd love to buy a car. I mean, I want to go to a car dealer and I want to find you know a cool car. You know." Uh, You know a car that's fun for me to drive around a jeep or something like that doesn't have to be expensive Whatever expensive would be cool, but you know, I just was in the mood for a new car So that's what I was praying for, right But God came around the corner and answered it in a different way by someone donating this other car And so I never even put the two and two together that I've been praying and God provided because he provided in a different way, right? And I think oftentimes God does that. He answers our need, but we're frustrated because over here we're I'm using my hands like anyone can see me, but we're <laughs> over here in this spot, you know, going, God, how come you're not meeting the needs? But yet he has met the need just in a way we didn't see it. So right. that convicted me. And I was like, God, thank you. You know, I've been praying for a car. And I was was hoping you were going to let me go to the car dealer, but you did it in a different way. And it's just as cool. I mean, this car is just an amazing car. And then here's the thing, you know, because we talked in the last podcast about me struggling with regret or not wanting to put negative stuff out there and not tell people I'm in need. Well, this person said, "Um, the reason we gave you the car is because we saw your post.
0: So you'll go home and every car you've had forever has been donated. So when you get in that car that somebody donated... How do you feel it's it's
1: you know I, like i wanted to go down to the dealer and buy a car <laughs> right. and be in control and do whatever yeah. but it's even cooler every time you get in the car you remember somebody gave me this <laughs> i'm worth that much to somebody they would give me right. a, a, a stinking car i mean and every time you get in the car just about you think about that person those people right. that gave that to you that donated it to you um it's actually in a lot of ways better than me going down and a lot of people never get to experience that right. because it's a scary place to go and we don't want to go down that path we'd rather make sure that we've got our future taken care of
0: yeah. and it's i mean i've ex- experienced that myself and you almost want every time you get in the car you want to pick up your cell phone and call that person every yeah. single day yes and say thank, thank you because you. every single day you're impacting my yeah. life and
1: a last podcast we talked about the trip out here to the midwest so i could go to my boy's school for his graduation and bring my family out and i realized after we use all the <laughs> everything to get the tickets i don't have money to buy buy food and then a huge donation comes in from somebody that's way better than just already having the money in the bank right i mean but it's humbling it is humbling yeah. but it's also wow somebody values me like that i mean i'm a i'm a blessed man i mean to get to experience that it's but to experience that, you know, how's that song go? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Everybody wants to see a miracle, but nobody wants to need a miracle. Right? But if I don't need a miracle, someone else can't see the miracle. Yeah. You know.
0: And so, so let's sum this up by just what you said. So, you're, you're, what you are saying is that so the, your need, the extreme need that forces you to put something out publicly that you are in need. And then somebody meeting the need then causes you to be thankful on a daily basis and the feeling so good that you desire that more. But ultimately, that
1: leads to happiness. Wow, you make it sound so simple. (laughs) I could have had a V8. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, wow. You know what? I got to where you're going before you finish the sentence. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That just has hit me right in the head with a with a pillow-coated two-by-four, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you started that sentence and I knew where you were going, I went, yeah, I want to have a happy life. So I think, well, if I want to have a happy life, then I got to take care of these situations. Right. But the truth is, these situations are what's causing the happy life. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's it. It's like, what about Bob? Dr. Marvin. <laughs> You can help me. Baby steps. Baby steps.
0: Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps through the office. Baby steps
1: out the door. Baby steps to the elevator. (laughs) You know, you put out this really honoring, incredible plea in the last podcast about how we need, you know, monthly supporters. But we are two-thirds of the way they're already with monthly supporters i mean i have one person who i couldn't buy christmas presents that year and all of a sudden this check comes in the mail um huge check i won't say the amount because huge to some is going to be small to somebody right. else right but for me it was a huge check and then it came the next month and it came the next month i finally called up and said i don't know what to say because sometimes people they don't want to be right you know I'm going to give you the money, but just don't, don't worry about it. You know, but I called up and just, I'm in tears. I'm saying, thank you so much. I said, I, I don't know what to tell you. I I want to tell you what that check meant to my family. I was able to buy presents. I was able to buy groceries. That check was big enough. I was able to, you know, do all these things with it. Thank you. And, 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 and that, they replied, that's what God told me to do. And I'm going to keep doing it until God tells me to stop. And Sorry. I would be homeless if it wasn't for that person. Hmm. That check is what pays my mortgage payment every month. So on the one hand, I'm like, God, how come you don't take care of me? You know. <laughs> and on the other hand, I'm like, wait a minute. I live in a house because I shouldn't say mortgage, I'm renting. But you said something last time too about how it's that constant struggle of, right. God, I need this. Thank you for this. But that person has continued for several years now. To keep that going, because God spoke to them, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without that person, you know. (laughs) Then on the other hand, there's someone that you know used to work with you at Camp Daniel. Here, every time she sees me, she talks about, Steve, I wish I could give you more, but she gives me (laughs) on a regular basis every month, and it's like twenty dollars, you know. But that's all she can afford, and I know that's all she can afford. I know what her income was when she was here on at Camp Daniel raising funds as a missionary. She lived on like a couple hundred bucks a month. Now you gave her a place to stay, right? But she had discretionary income after she had nothing, right? right? And she found somewhere in there to give me 20 bucks at a couple hundred bucks that she's, dude, that's humbling, but that's also amazing. That's, you know, and then you sit back and go, how can I ever complain about anything? You know, in the Bible, there's a story of all these rich people giving to the temple, and they let everybody see their bags of money they bring in, you know. And there was this one woman. She was a widow, you know, and she had two little pennies, two little mites. I love the word mite. That's just tiny. <laughs> that's small, right? They called them mites back then, but like it was like two pennies. That's what it was equivalent to. It. But she snuck up to the offering bag or however they did it back then, right? But the Bible says, and she made sure no one was looking. But she put those two pennies in. She was ashamed to put the two pennies in. And like that person who's one of my heroes keeps coming and saying, Steve, I just wish, I just want you to know I got a I got a regular job now. So you're going to be getting this checks more frequently. He says, but I, I wish it could be more. It's not, and she, almost like she was embarrassed about the amount. But her amount, Jesus, <laughs> in the same way he said, he was talking to his disciples. He said, that woman that just gave the two pennies gave more than all those people that gave them bags of of money because it's about how much she gave that out of, how much she had left when she was done, right? She, She gave more. And this person who just every time comes to me and says, I wish it could be more, her... $20 $20 check is just as big to me as the other lady whose check is big enough to cover my rent. Right. You know, Jesus fed 5,000 people with one boy's lunch and when the boy gave the lunch, he didn't know he was doing an investment. Right. He's going to go without lunch so one other person could have lunch. Right. And Instead, 5,000 men plus the women and children got fed off that one kid's lunch. So, you know, Five dollars from some people is as much as five thousand from other people. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm I'm a blessed man. I just I you know after that last podcast, I I kind of wanted to put another one out and just to say that we couldn't do what we're doing if it wasn't for all the people. Right. And every time I get get that PayPal donation or that check in the mail, every time I'm humbled and every time I'm I'm valued, every time I'm honored, and it, it keeps coming back to what I've been learning from you over the years. It's about the community. So I just wanted to brag about those happy lifers that keep me on the road doing right. what I'm doing. And when I'm ready to quit, when I get reminded of them and the check comes in or I get in the car, you know, right. then I'm like, wait a minute, what am I crying, whining about? What am I complaining <laughs> about? God, thank you for these people. That gave that. And I think if we look around, we'll see there's an all, all sorts of people that are trying to give to us or that are giving to us that we might be missing somehow because we're expecting to go down and buy a car. Right. But God wants; to, has another direction that he wants to. I mean, would you agree with that?
0: Well, for sure. And I think we can look even beyond money that I, th- I think this concept of being the person that gets their need filled is important. And that has to be at the forefront of the happy life community at all times that we need to be needy people. And, uh, in, in some point or some level in our life, I think we all have certain needs and, and it's other people who are going to fill those. And so the only way to create that situation is to, to put that word out. And I'm not saying you have to write it on Facebook or whatever, but we're often afraid to say when we're hurting or when we're down or when we're struggling or, and we shouldn't be, you know, that we should be inviting people into that place all the time because then it, when it's filled, even if it's not by that person, a group of people are taught and trained and loved through that process, and that's important. Everybody can take credit, and everybody can feel good, and everybody can be thankful. And it's
1: a it's a powerful thing when a
0: team works. Yeah, it is very powerful. So, to end this, how would you encourage to? encourage other people listening that there's people that are in deep, deep need um, and don't have their needs net and and have struggled for years and years
1: and years, maybe decades. What would you say to them? I came across this scripture one time and I haven't found it since, so maybe it was in my head, but it's still truth nonetheless. It said it's just as important to receive as it is to give. Right. And the hardest part for me is to get vulnerable. The other day, I um, you put down a $100 bills and said this is for you and I know how money is how tight money is for you you know and I kind of hurt your feelings a little bit when I didn't want to take that money and I had to repent of that and I had to take the money and there might be many out there going "Well, I don't take the money you know? <laughs> but it's not it's not easy to always be in need but if you don't let somebody know your need they can't meet that need right and I don't want to be the receiver. I want to be the giver. So you know what I do? I give. My currency might not be money, but I know how to paint. I have painted a pastor's house for free. You know, I've I've painted all sorts of people's rooms for free. When somebody needs something, I help in whatever way I can. It doesn't always have to be a financial thing, but there's a thing called pride. That's what stops us from receiving from people. (laughs) The reason I don't want to receive that $100 from you is pride. And God doesn't want to hurt your pride. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't want to hurt your pride. He wants to absolutely murder it. I mean, he wants to destroy <laughs> our pride because pride is anti-happy. It's anti-peace. It is. And so I had to come to you and say I was wrong. And because of that money, I couldn't have made it back to Minneapolis to see my son's graduation if you didn't give me that money. And I was actually able to get fast food on the way there and on the way back you know because of that money that you gave and so the thing i would say to you if you're in need is that don't be afraid to be vulnerable and just ask for right help tell people that you're in need and then when your pride rises up you don't want to receive it from them uh, you got you got to help god kill that pride you got to bring it out and he'll destroy it but if they don't receive it's really hard to give yeah it was hard for you You kept putting the money where I was going to be at until I would finally (laughs) pick it up. But be a gracious receiver. If somebody wants to give you money, just say thank you. And you could tell them this means so much to me. But don't try to push it off and say no. There's nothing wrong with saying thank you and being a gracious receiver. Because that honors a person who's trying to give. Because when that person gives, God can bless them. Yeah. The Bible says, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In other words, abundantly, God can give them way back more than what they got, not just in finances, but the whole peace and the and the fulfilling, like, I help that person. Right. There's something when we come together and help each other out. So that's what I'd say is that you've got to be able to receive, and you've got to let people know. So vulnerability and grace, you know, you've got to be vulnerable and let people know that you're in need, and then you've got to be gracious. You would be mad if your friend was in need and and they didn't tell you. You'd be angry with them. So be fair on both sides of it. But be a gracious receiver. You know, they talk about being a good winner and a good loser. Well, it's about being a good giver and a good receiver as well. So I hope that helped you. Hope that was encouraging to you. Uh, Thanks for listening.
0: race.